Called back to my dad and told him I got drafted. My mom called back to my dad, told him I got drafted by the Houston Oilers. My dad and them was ready to get up and go back, come back to Louisville. And my mom and I continued to watch the Andy Griffith rerun. My mom and dad has always been the ones who worked. They kept working. My dad didn't retire to about, I was only six years, I think six years into the league. My mom and dad finally retired. You know, it's always a blessing to give back to someone who have loved you and been with you so much to not only just my parents, my brothers and sisters, we are close-knit family. We talk to each other. My brother Colin lives in, in Houston. My brother Billy still lives in Louisville. My sister Cassandra still lives in Louisville. It, it's a blessing in itself to get there, but it's the biggest blessing. The best part about of it all is to be able to take care of and, and thank those people that were there for you since day one. Going back to these sales, we're able to go back to these sales. They have my jersey up there to present, to give them one of my NFL jerseys. You know, it was just a blessing to be able to do something like that for these sales and to come to give back to them. Because a guy from Christ the King, that's the middle school I went to, went on from Christ the King to the sales to Purdue. Now with the Houston Oilers, it was like a huge dream to come came true. And there's a lot of people along that way helped me to get to where I am, you know, so I always try to go back and thank those who actually put blood, sweat, and tears towards me to get to where I am. Did you ever think that you would last that long? Because let's let's be honest, like, other than a select few individuals, when you get drafted that late in the rounds, or especially it was more so back then when you came into the league, it really wasn't common for people to last that long in the, in the league. You know, here you are coming from the fifth round, 120-something picks, and you end up lasting 13 years. Did you ever think you would last that long? Uh, no, I didn't, but it's all it's all a blessing. I've been blessed of, of having the attitude of hard work. I've been blessed to have the attitude that don't take no for an answer. Find a way. Someone tell you no, find a way to get a yes. Um, so that's why I think my longevity come is I'm going to try to outwork the person in front of me. I, like I said, I was drafted in the fifth round, the 125th team draft, drafted a guy in the second round. They already had four corners already on the Houston Oilers. So when I saw that and saw where I was at, I realized that I have to work harder than the ones that are there, harder than the guy they drafted in the second. If I can do that, I have a chance of getting on the team. And once I get on the team, uh, my prayer was to God that I would not let, let his talent that he had given me down. You, you you know, I think that's just a prime example, Chris, to piggyback off what you were just saying. The reason why people end up not upholding withstanding success that they're given is they feel like they don't have to work hard. Here, here you are coming from the fifth round. You're like, no, nah, I got to work hard. And I mean, like I said, you working hard prolongs you to have a very successful, long-tenured career. I think that's just a testament to, to people that don't ever give up, you know, because those that don't give up, people would probably be a lot better off. The first moment was the first game I put that Houston Oilers jersey on. Man, I'm about to play an NFL game, a game that I watched on TV as a young kid. Someone's watching me. Someone from the West End of Louisville. Someone from Louisville, period. Someone from DeSales High School watching me. So that was a fun moment. Me scoring my first touchdown or even having one of my first interceptions was a great moment. And make it to the playoffs that year, the six, seven years that we made the playoffs with the Oilers, we never got a chance to get over that hump. I never been to the pro, I mean, I've been to Pro Bowls, I've been to All Pro, but I've never been to the Super Bowl. Now my playing days are over. So <laughs> the only participation I have to do now is coach. So somehow, some way, I want to be a participant in the Super Bowl. Your, your coaching part, you, you do 13 years in the NFL. When did you get into coaching and what made you get into coaching? Well, I got into coaching when I started training guys, training players in 2005. 
2005, I started training players to get ready for the draft. I just saw a different technique that some of the coaches was trying to teach. And I know that what Coach Saban has taught me over the years, and I realized that's not what I've been taught. That's not the foundation I was given by Coach Mims. That wasn't a foundation I was given by Coach Saban. Pat, Pat Thomas and Rod Perry, my two DB coaches there at the Oilers, I wasn't taught like this. So why are they getting taught like this? So that what really got me into wanting to coach. Went over to NFL Europe my first year, uh, coached with the Berlin Thunder. Uh, Jim Tom Sula was the coordinator and Rick Lance was the head coach. And from that point on, I was sold into coaching. Went from there, came back to the States, went to Division Three school there in, in the Bay Area, Menlo College, uh, worked there. I had two jobs there at Menlo College. I was the DB coach and also the field coordinator. Now, the field coordinator was the guy who made sure the lines on the field were straight, make sure the bags was out there on the field, make sure all the water bottles. So, so before you go any further with that, let me let me stop you right there for a second, Chris. Okay. The, the long ego from 13 years in NFL to painting stripes and being a water boy at a, a – you you never stop getting humble. You get you know what I'm saying. Like you just don't hear of that that often. Guys going from 13 years to putting paint strike lines on the field to making sure there's water. Corey, I was a field coordinator. I wasn't just a water boy. I was a, that's the that's the fancy name I gave myself. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but I just wanted to coach. I didn't care what I was doing, where I, who I was coaching for. I wanted to. The ego inside of me came out. I wanted to be the best coach. Um, then my next year, I, be, I was the uh, defensive coordinator and house manager. The house manager job was I had to give out pads and make sure the helmets was tight and the shoulder pads fit and stuff like that. That was my house manager duties. I was just blessed that no one got hurt because I didn't know nothing about giving out equipment. First of all. I was never given out. So play at St. Dennis there. I knew that once the coach put Coach McGrath used to put that helmet on your head, he always used to put two fingers in between your ears to make sure they fit. He's crazy. Yeah, he was. <laughs> he was. He ain't changed. No, he haven't. But yes, he uh, he was my uh coach there at Little League, uh there. And I remember him putting the two fingers in between my ears to make sure my helmet fit. So that's what I was doing. Didn't get nobody no concussions or no one complained about anything. So I got through with that. Got a call from Coach Turner, who coached me with the uh, Redskins, and he wanted to bring me on as the DB coach there with the Redskins with the ch- Chargers. Uh, so, coach with the Chargers from 08 to 2013 for the Chargers from 08 to 13. That's pretty. That's pretty good, man. Yeah, it it was fun. It was really fun, and that's when the you know when they came in, brought a new staff. I was let go, went to Baylor, and started coaching over there. Coach Bennett, who also coached me my last year there at Purdue. Told him my situation. Excuse me. Told me to come over to Baylor, volunteer some years, worked with Xavier Howard. Some of you guys may know him there at, at Baylor. And then from 13 to 16 was at Baylor. Uh, sit out a year or so. My mom and dad was having some health issues. I wanted to make sure that I take care of them back home in Louisville. You know, didn't want to take jobs just to be taken. I wanted to take the right job. Went from there to CFL in Montreal Alouettes. Uh, coach Sherman was the head coach there. Came back from Montreal Alouettes, coaching Canadian football. And that's different. That is very different. You want to talk about <laughs> coaching, go coaching Canadian football. Because I want to know that for myself. Like, people say there's a difference. I've never really understood 
good. Like, is there really that big of a difference? As far as defensively, it is. Now, you have four guys running right at you. They can move three to four guys. And it's not like, and they're allowed to be a yard or two offsides before the ref even calls it. So playing defensive back, if you don't play defensive back in the CFL, you can play defensive back in the NFL. The guys are running full speed at you, you know, and then sometimes they can cross from the right side they can cross all the way over to the left side. So it's, it's it was so weird at first. And then being on three down, you use it here, the special team guy, third down, say, hey, okay, kicking team, punt team, get ready. But now on second down, you hear him saying punt team. I'm like, no, we got another down. And special team coach like, this is only three downs. I'm like, constantly have to remind yourself, it's only three downs. So you get first and second down, you're putting the football, something like that. So it's the weirdest thing, but it was it was a learning experience. Thing. And it was something I needed to now, the different techniques that I learned from over there, the different techniques I got, I put that into my toolbox and brought it back over here to the state. And I think I became a better teacher of the defensive back skill set itself. From there, I went to the niece for a short stint and then to the XFL. Uh, then once the XFL folded because of COVID, I, I jumped to IMG Academy here in Brayton, Florida. And that's where I'm at presently, uh, coaching high school here in Brayton, Florida at IMG Academy. IMG's kind of like it's in that class it, they're in a class of their own just like trinity i need to get a game trinity and img and see what happens i would definitely uh i definitely would like to see <laughs> that as just like everybody else so right. a couple more things before we go um have you ever thought about writing a book i am in the process of sitting down with some people and we've been uh, discussing that me being me i'm like well who the heck want to read my story and everyone said i have a story to tell so i'm at, i am in the process of sitting down with someone and actually trying to get that going Yes, I am. Your story could help change somebody's life, uh, a, a little kid coming from the West End of Louisville. You, you never know. You get what I'm saying? You've been through a lot in life, you know, and that story could help potentially save somebody's life, you know, just like, you know, mm-hmm. because the perception, whether you're black or white, the perception of people from the West End, they don't make nothing of themselves. That's the perception. You change that and, and, and your success could potentially change the perception of somebody else me personally i think it's a great thing i think you should write well thank you Corey. i appreciate that and i I'm, am in the process of talking and we're in a strong process of trying to get that worked out to, to make that happen so hopefully within the next year or so we can get something worked out and, and it happens whatever you know what i'm saying and whatever i can do to help just the city of louisville just west end of louisville you know that's my roof i'm always going back there i'm always going back one of my childhood friends still live on the same block that we used to live on i always go to visit him rodney lavelle i always go see my man rodney over there in louisville and he'd tell me um the block hasn't changed so i feel like when i get back to louisville i feel like it's, it's the same but I, I do miss louisville i can get an opportunity to come back there either, either coaching or something like that and just be part of the community and what's your thoughts on the lack of in my opinion true progress for african-americans being head coaches what's your thoughts on those two things the first the first off let's talk about the african-american hit i think it's a lot of quality guys out there to become hit. I'm tired of people saying, oh, they don't interview well. Are you looking for a PowerPoint guy or are you looking for a coach? If you're looking for a coach, hire the best person out there that, that can get your team to the ultimate goal. And the ultimate goal is always the Super Bowl. It's not just to win games. Everybody has lost. There's only two teams 
become winners at the end of the year. And one of them become champions as the person who win the troops. So everyone else, of the 30 teams, they all, they all lost. If I was had my choice in talking to the owners, I'd tell them, let's stop listening to the PowerPoint guy and listen to the coach. Because football is not PowerPoint. It's not glitzy. It's not that. All about how the players react towards their individual. No matter if you're a special teams coordinator, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, it's how the re- people react to you. If you can get a guy to do something and players want to be coached they want to be taught so if you can get them to get you push a guy to the limit make sure that he can reach his dreams and be demanding and be forceful and also be understanding and loving so some of your best coaches were very forceful and hard on you but they also loved you so if you can get a guy like that that is a guy you need to hire don't hire a guy because a search firm tell you firms is is, is what search search firms and agents I think has won the game because you get these search firms and these let me say one thing real quick what's your thoughts on Eric Bieniemy? I like it, Eric Bieniemy as a player you know he's good at Colorado good strong physical person in Colorado I like him as a coach I think he's very good for Mahomes I think he would be very good for a lot of other young quarterbacks or even old quarterbacks who just want to you know he have that uh, mindset of always outside the box and when you have a guy like thinking outside the box different designs and different uh, things they run with their offense. Of course, you have to have the players, but some of the stuff that he thinks of, I'm like, wow, I never thought of that. Or, wow, he's thinking, you know, he's thinking, he's always seeming to be thinking outside the box. Coaches struggle in any level of the sport that we, me and you both love, and the difference between the athlete and the player. And when I say that, there's just a big difference. You get what I'm saying? Yes. When you, when you don't care about the person when they're not doing the sport, you're not going to get nothing out of that person, period. They're not I want to do nothing for you. I just want to say thank you. It's um, it's it's been a good interview. It's been a great conversation. Hopefully, you enjoyed yourself as much as I have. I have. Um, how do you want to be remembered? Wow. And when I say that, I don't mean just as the player, not just as the 13-year NFL veteran, not just as the long-tenured coach, too. How do you want to be remembered? How do you want people to remember Chris? I want to remember me as a, being a fair person. And I'm always thinking about my neighbor before I think about myself. Love my neighbor before I love myself. Then I can realize that I've done the right thing. You know, I want to love my neighbor. I want to be able to help out my neighbor before I help me. That I was able to not just be use my talents, my God-given talents that God has given me. Not just show them at Christ the King grade school. Not just show them at the Sales High School. Not just show the talents at Purdue. Not just show them at the Houston Oilers, the Washington Redskins, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Minnesota Vikings. Not just show my coaching talents. You know, from Berlin Thunder, IMG Academy, San Diego Chargers to Montreal West to McNeese, not just to show those talents, but to show that I cared about my neighbor, you know, my neighbors, my coaches, my teammates, and everyone. Not even have to be my teammates, the person who's walking down the street. Exactly. The person who car uh, who ran out of gas and helped push their car off to the side. This, this little stuff like that, and, and that's helping your neighbor, and that's what I want to be remembered by, a person who loved his neighbor. Hopefully you've enjoyed yourself as much as I have. Technically, like, the only second or third time that we've ever chatted, and yeah. it's just a testament to, like, you feeling comfortable, you know what I'm saying? Like, plus, like, we got a lot of history. Although yeah. me and you, per se, don't have history, our families have history. We were, you know, we're from the same city, went to yeah. the same high school. I was mm-hmm. there when Antonio was there. So that, like, like helps. 
lean into the conversation just for it to last as long as it has it's it's been truly great man um i look forward to chatting with you soon and um the best of luck to your future endeavors mr dishman thank you and be back one soon thank you Corey. have a great one tell you yes, again you're when i say hello okay chris you know what man i will uh i actually talked to my father scott the other day he wants me to ask you one thing uh-huh. was he actually decent no this is actually for me not for him was my yeah. father actually as decent as he says he was oh yeah he no he ain't he ain't he ain't lying to you. He ain't bullshitting you. He's, he's a good player. He was actually that good. He was actually yeah. what he said he was. Yes, he was. He said whatever he said he was. Yes, he was. Yeah. I'm not just saying it. Just be saying it either. No, I know you're not. That's why I'm asking. Yeah. That's why I'm like, wow, he really was. I probably should have believed him when he told me he pitched an old hitter when he was at the sales in baseball too. Yeah. A lot of times, you no, know, I don't. I don't care what level you are. You pitch an old hitter, you're yeah, a bad boy. Going you know, there, um, for him to pitch that old hitter and for you to say he actually was what he was, I'm gonna have to give him a phone call that he wants. <laughs> <laughs> you got the bow down to him. Chris, uh, it's been a pleasure, man. You take care. Enjoy yourself, and uh, we'll be chatting soon, man.